You should be recording this. This is gold. I am recording it. Oh, awesome. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science sits at the front of the lecture room or the back. Ooh. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Christopher Gibson. G'day. And Cameron Shearer. Hello and it's lovely to be here. Oh, that's so formal and nice. And also I forgot to say I'm joined by T-Bag Gibson. Tea money. Yes. It's tea, tea money. Tea I was editing that podcast today and it no. reminded me. No. <laughs> I'm switching it up to tea money. It's not tea money. Tea bag. Welcome tea bag. Um, mm. the, 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 one of the most important questions when you're doing an undergraduate anything at university, where do you sit in lecture hall? Yep. Uh, I liked sitting at the back. So if I found it boring, I could sneak out easier. Oh, yeah, but that's where the rebels sit. Yeah, like, exactly. But yep, you're not yep, much yep, of a rebel. Yep. I was. No, you you like no. were the person that did all your exams and did well. Rebels did what I did. They didn't go to lectures. Uh, oh, look at you. You're too so... busy playing rugby <laughs> and dating cheerleaders. <laughs> what? <laughs> at 12 p.m. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Up all night to 1, 1 a.m. Couldn't, couldn't get up early for lectures, so didn't bother going. Too much of a rebel. Yeah, it's, you're so edgy and weird. <laughs> um, no, I don't want to say this dirty word. But I'm going to say it. Ooh. Okay. Mature age students. <sighs> right? They, the they can be a little bit annoying in lecture situations. Yes. They're all very nice people, but yes. they mm. do sit at the front of the lecture hall yes. and they do stop the flow. Is that your experience? What's your experience like that? If they're o- particularly if they're older than the person giving the lecture, they will tend to butt in a lot and yeah. tell them that they're wrong. And that um, they don't know anything because they're not old, and just things like that. And they would always do their reading. They would always be up on everything. And <laughs> you mean they would be good students? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was really annoying when you're young. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like they're going there to actually learn. Yeah, I mean, what how the- dare they? Yeah. No, I you're right. I've you're never right. experienced anyone <clears throat> actually try to tell the teacher they're wrong before. Mm. Have you seen that, Andy? I've I've been when I've been lecturing. Yep. Yeah. I had people at the front say to me. There was an inconsistency between this slide and slide two, like two slides ago. Whoa. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And this is in front of, I don't know, 150, 200 people, something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Let's talk about it afterwards. Yeah. That's not the time. No. That's not the time to do that. We've got nothing against mature age students, do we? No, no. They're all good students. They're just a bit annoying in lectures. Um. All right. Yeah, what I disliked about them the most was they would always be asking the questions at the end of the class as well. Right. And often it wouldn't really be related like, can you explain this further? It would be more some kind of way for them to tell the rest of the class how well they understood what was just said. Mm. I see, yeah. Yeah. Bit of a humble brag almost, yeah. Uh, Important question, where would science sit? (sighs) I think science would sit at the back because... Not only can it be learning, not that it really needs to learn, but it can mm. also be then, uh, you know, um, doing some kind of scientific experiment on the on crowd. The back. <laughs> <laughs> it's got lab equipment up the so back. So it's just more more data yeah. for it to read. Uh, right. So it's like, so oh, it's they're observing over there. more. Yeah. Ah. They're, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think science would sit up the front. Ooh, no, because, that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, when the lecturer inevitably gets something wrong, it's not far for science to go to just stand up and say, "Move aside, young man." Yeah, this is how it's done. Mm. But wouldn't that be even better if they just yelled out from the back, saying, "No, you're wrong." <laughs> is that what science sounds like? <laughs> no. <laughs> By the way, that's not correct. <laughs> Why are you so far away? Yeah. I explain it like this. Yeah, <laughs> no. No, science will be at the front so we can just shove them out of the way and then be the center of attention. Andy, your thoughts? Uh, so I used to sit somewhere in the middle. Isn't that a bit weird? I didn't have big lecture yeah. halls because when I when I did my undergrad, there wasn't many people in the in the lecture hall. So. If you sat really far at the back, you'd be on your own. If you sat at the front, yeah. you'd be a loser. Yeah. So everyone kind of just hovered in the middle yeah, somewhere. That is what oh, yeah, seems to happen yeah. the most. I yeah. Think. But yeah. are you also then thinking like, I'm going to sit as far back without being challenged for how cool I am? I know. Look, <laughs> being cool has never really been high on my priorities. I'm not sure if you've noticed. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. thanks, man. <laughs> Chris is saying this while wearing two pairs of glasses. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I feel like science would sit at the front, okay, because Why? I reckon science would like to touch the lecturer, okay, just just to kind of make them uncomfortable and be like, I'm the real boss here. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's two to one. Cameron's wrong. Cameron's wrong. Sorry, yeah. Cameron. Sorry, mate. Disagree. Yeah. All right then, my lovely little chappies. Okay. News what? from the week. I'm going to go first. All right. What do you do got? It. Uh, so things, I was saying to Gibbo, this freelancing business, mm. right? I've, last couple of podcasts I've said it's tough. Yep. And I was I was expecting that it would pick up some momentum. Yep. I well, mean, emailing, getting getting calls back. Getting calls saying, back. Andy, Andy, Andy. So there is progress in the fact that I'm receiving lots of emails back. Oh, good. But they promised the world Ooh. and then... Don't do anything okay. about it. So I was meant to receive these assignments from this this one place, and then it just didn't happen. And then I'm meant to be getting feedback on something I produced for someone else, and they're it's, not oh. like they're like, yeah, come work for us, do this. And I'm like, great, done, boom. There's your product, and they're uh-huh. like, mm, yeah, can't yeah. Well, they should realise that you're hanging on this. I'm hanging. I need you some need money. It. I'm going yeah. hungry. Yeah. We record this in Cameron's house. This is the first time I've eaten all week. Yeah, yeah. you did eat a lot. I, yeah. I, I fucking stuff it. Yeah, I've got a little plastic bag. Yeah, that I was putting it into uh, underneath my collar I'm as well. Wondering what that was. Yeah, you ate nearly as much as me. Yeah. So anyway, so that's annoying. But I'm going to keep you updated. This was about leaving science to go to something. Yeah, I am enjoying it. I'm going to say that. I am enjoying the stuff I do do. I do do enjoy. (laughs) Do do? I do do. (laughs) Words again, huh? Yeah, I'm just not very good at the words thing. That's maybe like just this communication thing is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a bit weird, isn't it? In other news. Oh, you're still going. Still going. Jesus. Mug sales. (gasps) What? 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 More than More than zero? Mug sales, motherfuckers. So you said, did you say, was it sales? S, you said it, it, as in plural, as We're in more mugs. than one. So two podcasts ago, oh. we released our buy, buy mugs and I put it on our Facebook page and I, I sort of sent it out. Jesus. 
It's a zero. It's a zero. The mug sales. Oh. Um, yeah. So just you know, oh. just go ahead and. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was just a, just a reminder to our right. listeners, uh, well, they're available. Yeah, we're selling. They're mugs. really good. Oh, yeah. We're selling yeah. mugs. Universe makes sense again. Yeah. Yeah. T yeah. shirt uh, sale. Uh, so can I can I report that Paul G has a t shirt going his way? Yeah, that's yeah. it. One. One. The Chris I, uh, I managed to work out Zazzle. So uh, well done. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. off. So that's it. So anyway, that's, I'll I'll be doing. Regular updates. I'll go next. Yep. Because it'll be boring. <laughs> um, all right. I've got science news. <gasps> Paper accepted. <gasps> another one. Yeah, another one. Cameron. Yep. You seem bored by this now. Another one. So, on the same day, I had two formally accepted. Uh, one was the, the the Chemistry and Asian Journal, which I said was accepted, I think, last podcast, mm-hmm. maybe two podcasts ago. I'm, uh, I'm cheese on that one. Yep. Mm. Good. Uh, and another one the same day was formally accepted in the Journal of Materials Chemistry A. Very That's good. a very respectable a journal. journal. Very good Impact journal. Impact factor eight-ish. Yeah, eight-ish. well, actually, when I published it, it was about 7.4 or something like that. Okay. It may have oh, gone up. Numbers. Listen to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and still, so, still in the game. <laughs> that one was quite interesting. I mean, it's, it's quite a high impact factor journal. Mm. I, mm. I do send there quite a lot and very rarely let it actually goes to review. Mm. This one we got major revisions from both reviewers. Yeah. But we actually didn't do anything. We just wrote back saying we're not going to do any of them and here's why. So we, you know, as you do okay. with a paper yep. revision or revision, you write to the letter editor. Yep. You list the reviewer said this and this, this is what and we've this done is about our it. rebuttal to that. Yep. We did nothing on the major on a major revision. So for each thing that the reviewer said these, the authors need to do this. The authors, mm-hmm. and you just said no because blah, yes. no because blah, yep. no, and then and it, they accepted it. And then we got major revisions again. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, surprise! The, the same, the same major revisions. Well, I mean, we somehow they they asked for pretty much two of the same, oh. same ones, but they kind of worded it a bit better. I think we kind yeah. of didn't quite understand what they meant. Okay, and so we changed three figure captions. Uh, and now and then it was accepted. Wow! So yeah. major revisions to three figure captions. Yep. Yep. Accepted. That's great. So that's what major revisions. Good can job. Mean now I guess it just goes to show you can have a little bit of a go back. Like yeah, you do, don't have do you to f- just you don't have to kowtow and say yeah. oh what a great suggestion we yeah. will do that straight away. Mm. I'm definitely good. a kowtower. <laughs> I definitely grovel and yeah. say things like. Oh, your comments have definitely improved the paper. Thank you oh, so I much. Know. I say that at the start, I say it at the end, and I just throw walls of text at every question. Yeah, and you do like put lipstick on and kiss the the letter, and then and then post it off. <laughs> you put a waft of your perfume on it. <laughs> when you guys say something incorrect, I'll correct you. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, yeah. Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, well really done, good. Cameron. Your well science done. in the fuck out well of science. Yep. Well done. Uh, uh, Gibbo, what do you got? Oh, me. Shit. All right. Um, Keep it short, Gabo. You know the rules. Few things. Our graphene thickness paper <gasps> in nanotechnology has just topped over 2,000 downloads. Whoa. Whoa. That's pretty good. <clears throat> pretty and good. it's up to 12. Thanks, Cameron. 12 citations. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, good job. Work. Um, also, Cameron, what about the current score in our competition? Do you want me to segue back to you on that? Well, no, I, I didn't have time to look them up today, actually. Well, I looked them up. Current score in best science competition is for oh I've got my new nickname here for T Big T Bag it's one point one one for Andy. Oh, you've gone up quite a bit this week. 
Yeah, Andy, unfortunately, is one up as well. He's 1.14. Oh. Oh. Well, because you've got such a minuscule number of papers, every time you go up one side, it's hey. like an extra 30%. Exactly. That's why, that's why that's, this is fair. That's why it's fair. It's rubbish. And I've got down, I've got CJS. All right, that's that's, that must be me. Cameroon. Ugh, 1.53. Well done, Cameron. I think I've gone up as well then. Yeah. Metrics. Anyway. So, um, so you're still a worse scientist in this room, even though I've been out of it for a few I months. We, we're going to readjust this competition. We you tried to. last time we and we've, we downvoted it. Come up with a better system and we'll vote on it. Listeners, uh, Gibsonites, you need to get on the forum. Teabaggers. You need to stay teabaggers. Don't say that. No one's going to answer. Uh, you need to get on there and tell these guys we have to switch up the competition so I can win. Anyway. So I've got feedback. <gasps> listener feedback. Listener feedback. So listener this feedback. is this is from a, a pretty regular listener. Mm. Um, and he's a regular scientist. Me and Cameron see him quite regularly. In a the regular scientist. Ooh. It is Heavy D. Heavy, heavy D. D. We love Heavy D. We love Heavy D. He's, he's, he's done, done good by all of us. Well, he was talking to me about the idea of cheese. In yes. the author sandwich, Ooh, yep. his his argument was that cheese actually adds flavour. Cheese is is a nice thing in the mm-hmm. author sandwich. Mm-hmm. Not every author is cheese. Not every author adds flavour yeah. to the author sandwich. What is what does Heavy D suggest? He was saying some authors are more like soggy lettuce. <laughs> they yep. do not add. Any flavour to the sandwich except gross flavour. They actually make they actually <laughs> anything. They they leave a slight bitter taste. Yeah. <laughs> in all the other authors, the bread and the cheese. I thought that was an interesting an interesting observation. So what we got to do now then is classify people in yeah. terms of well, I cheesed on this paper yeah. or I lettuced on so, this paper. Or, no, or you know. I, there's a lot of authors yep. in this paper, yep. but some of them are soggy lettuce. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that. So that, that, that's an interesting little contribution from Heavy D. But as we did say, soggy lettuce doesn't always have to be soggy. Soggy lettuce could be crisp. Soggy lettuce could be you fresh. Mean, you mean lettuce? No, no, but like those, those authors that are soggy lettuce oh, don't have okay. to leave a, a horrible aftertaste. They, they could, could provide, do a little more. They could yeah. provide a little mouthfeel. Yeah, so, so lettuce doesn't add much flavour, really. It's yeah. just like crunchy water. But it does add a nice texture to the mm. sandwich. Mm. So if they just put in a little bit more effort, they could go from soggy to crisp lettuce. Yeah. And everyone's happier. Yeah, so I think what, what we really want to know is people out there don't be soggy lettuce. Don't just soggy be lettuce. crisp lettuce. Just do something. Do something. Reply do... to emails quickly. Yeah. Don't be a drag. Proofread. Proofread. Proofread the fuck out of it. Yeah. Turn up to one of the meetings. Don't for fall the project. asleep all the time. <laughs> yeah. And um, amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And that's all Preach you have it. to do. That's all yep. you have to do. Preach it, tea bag. <laughs> and if and if you read the author contributions and notice that your name's not in there, you're soggy lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's that's all the excellent. The well, I've got I some have. listener feedback as well. Whoa, we, oh. have, we have two listeners. We have two listeners. Both of them wrote in this week, <laughs> <laughs> and this person actually holds a special place in my heart now because oh. on the forum they're mm-hmm. the first person to have a picture. Oh, cool! Of them. Wow! And they added themselves last night. I don't know who they are. Mm. Very good. I don't recognize the uh, the photo, and I apologize if I should. <laughs> but, 
But um, their username is um, Electrons on Mars. Oh, great name. Wicked name. The feedback is, thanks for the great podcast. It's keeping me sane through long hours spent on the TEM. Oh. Wow, that's that's our target audience. That's yep. our target audience, man. Electrons on Mars. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, one thing I should point out. Heavy D is Daryl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I said that at any point. It doesn't matter. Hey, it's Heavy D, man. For yeah. the, to the podcast, he's Heavy D. He is Heavy D. <laughs> Guess what, science monkeys? What? Um, uh, topic for the week. Topic for the week is... How does the public perceive the way science progresses? Whoa. Oh, it rolls off the tongue. It rolls off it? the tongue. It did well. And yeah. this one is from Teabag. 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 God damn it. Did you, did you write it to the forum with that one? No, no, no. That just came to me one night in a dream. How do you think the public perceives scientific progress? Well, um, I, I think there's really two ways probably people think it progresses, and that is in terms of revolutions, perhaps. So anyway, we have to assume that the, the public we're talking about has some general knowledge of science, I think. I think someone said to me that you have to assume that the general public is a well-informed 14-year-old. Mm. I think that was the level at which to pitch to every, uh, to, to have the best kind of um, go at saying yeah. what everyone thinks. Like a clever early high school student. Correct. Uh, like a male high school student? Because at 14, they're not doing much else, but... You weren't. <laughs> you're, you're touching yourself now. I can see it. <laughs> yes. Um, so, let's get back. So, I, th- I think that people see scientific progress sometimes as revolutions. So, like, Einstein came along. Revolution and you know revolved, revolved, revolved physics. You know, revolutionized physics. Yeah, but do you think the public cared about that? I I think there's enough people now who are scientifically literate who know enough about Einstein to know that when he came along, physics was upturned to some degree. I think that's probably fair to say. Mm. And what has that? How has that changed everyday life? Um. Well, I mean, you could argue that what he did helped to develop nuclear weapons. Nuclear energy. Also, did he do something with the internet? No, I don't think he. Uh, Einstein. No, but he. I mean, he did, he did a whole bunch of other things as well, not just oh. not just physics. His theories on gravity, uh, relativity is crucial in um, uh, satellite orbits and geostationary uh, positioning. Yeah. So he had a big. He had a big. He had impact. a massive impact. One yeah. man. I mean, the, the idea that energy and mass are interchangeable had a big impact. I think on mm. on the way physics is constructed. So I think people would 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 tend to see that that science does move in sort of big revolutions. The other way I think people would see science is that it moves kind of incrementally. So it's sort of a slow and steady progress as mm. we build on the knowledge of of previous generations and things like that. Um, personally. I don't think it does really move in revolutions kind of the way I think it's perceived because when Einstein came up with his theories, for example, it didn't mean that Newtonian mechanics was wrong. It didn't. His theories had to encompass Newtonian mechanics as well. Mm. What's the time difference between those two? Oh, so uh, the Principia Mathematica came out in like the mid-1600s, didn't it? Yeah, and then Einstein's Good theories? Job. Uh, 1900s. Yeah. yeah. So it's 300 years difference there, but no, it hasn't really 
I mean, a lot of a lot of situations are still well described oh, by Newtonian mechanics. M- mm. Most of everyday life, you can describe with Newtonian mechanics quite easily. And it's only when things start getting very fast, very fast that yeah. we have to go to but, special but relativity, my, or yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you get near the speed of light, um, then things start getting a bit skew if, and you can't use Newtonian mechanics. I think the science media has got a big thing at the moment about these eureka moments and chucking it like we have now discovered that we were wrong about this or Mm. like that's the sensationalist headlines that you read all the time but in fact that's not how science really works no 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 i mean what concerns me is that the general public think that all this work that's been done in the past just gets thrown away Mm. any new theory has to explain all the experiments that have been done before yeah you just don't throw that data away. It has mm. to be able to explain it. So now the, the, the question I have is, where do we lie? Where does our research lie on this? I mean, I, I have to admit, you know, I do a lot of important work with cantilevers, but I'm not revolutionizing science. The work I would think that I tend to do is it's building. It's building and building and building on yeah. previous knowledge. It's yeah. not revolutionizing the way we look at, at physics or chemistry or biology. It's its building on previous work. It's an incremental thing. Cameron, when's the last time you said Eureka? I'm not sure if I ever have. Say you, you, you do research that gets funded and you can't just say, I'm going to do something amazing. Hmm. You kind of have to have a plan of where you're going to start. Like yeah. you, may, you can't have this big stretch goal that at the moment seems impossible, say like a quantum computer. Yeah. But you still have to start somewhere, and that somewhere is um, a integral step towards that final goal. And mm-hmm. so that's, I think that's the way it really is done. Yeah, I yeah. think that's pretty So true. even with the the relativity, it wasn't we didn't have satellites the next day. Mm-hmm. Satellites were 50 years later, which were then being used for GPS. And then since the 60s, they've been getting better and better and better. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. Like the the time between the, the initial discoveries made and the eventual application. Yeah. Back then, they weren't on Facebook. They weren't interested in number of hits on their website. <laughs> Just all of a sudden, someone went, oh, "I've got this." Like the the public found out about this this invention and this mm-hmm. science when the product was there. When yep. it was like, "Oh, how the fuck did they get to that?" Oh, well, there was this clever guy ages ago who come up with this. Whereas yep. now. We're so desperate to get news out there that essentially I think science is a little bit underwhelming. Well, the news is kind of, they want more news stories than interesting news stories that are actually coming. The the pace of science is completely out of sync with the pace of media. Yeah. And so people's perception of science and discoveries has to be kind of faked a little bit. Yeah. Because literally science wouldn't be able to keep up with the demand for, for science news. But we've also talked before about how when we, well, when we would talk to a, our science media department at, at the university, mm. I would explain to them something that I've done and they would then explain it back to me in some way that isn't quite right but isn't wrong enough uh, for, me to, <laughs> for me to stop them. Yeah. They're really just, and so they're they're sensationalizing it, and then they're putting it out there because that's kind of they're thinking, well, no one's going to read it unless it's mm. this good. Mm-hmm. But 
what's the most exaggeration that they can actually do? Do you know what? that that for me is one of the biggest things at the moment as a scientist going into the journalism world or writing. Or, I don't know if it's proper journalism. I do. Yeah, knows. No, but just just say journalist. Journalist. Uh, the hmm. the thing is though, I know where the limits are, and that's. Probably why no one's responding to my pitches. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, this is how far I'm willing to push this yeah. discovery. At the moment. At the moment, <laughs> because I need fucking money. I need to eat. But in a way, you've got that baggage because you were you were an actual scientist. You know, the way we talk about our work is we do hedge things quite a lot, you know. Yeah. Every time I give a talk, it's very hard. You know, I, I don't ever say this is absolutely definitive. Mm. You're sort of like, you know, this could be true. This yeah. is the best we've got, you know. This is the closest approximation, yeah. but it could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, you go to a scientific conference, there's not many people standing up and saying with absolute certainty yeah. what's going on. And you, oh, you, that's how you're trained. We don't like those people who do either. Yeah, we don't yeah. because the, we know that everything's got uncertainty. But in the media, I think, you know, they, there is probably a tendency to leap a little bit beyond that to make it more exciting. Mm. Mm. I mean, how many news reports do you hear about, you know, the cure for cancer is coming? Yeah. yeah. And you're like... We've been hearing them forever. Yeah. Or yeah. My big one, nuclear fusion. Yeah. For decades, they've been saying nuclear fusion's around yeah. the corner and governments pour millions into it. And I'm, just, I'm at the point now where I'm just thinking, why are they bothering to spend any more money on it? Boom. Boom. Take that. Oh. Take that. <laughs> Take that, nuclear fusion. That's Gibbo's <laughs> thoughts. Um, but what is your perception as a scientist of progress? From the inside out, what is scientific progress? I think it's just making things a little bit better. Just incrementally. How much better do you need to make something before you go progress? Before you put the big rubber progress stamp on it? Yeah, above above error. Above error. Okay, yeah. okay, good, good. So you take, let's, let's say we take the efficiency of a solar cell. Yeah. The efficiency of a solar yep. cell. Yep. Your error is... Half a percent? I don't know. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. It's less, about 0.1%. Okay. Yep. So if you produce something that's 0.2% better, 0.3% better than yep. your current, that's boom. Stamp it with the progress. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Or it doesn't necessarily have to be efficiency. It could be some other parameter. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. So yeah, lower cost or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Like, that's, you know, harder, that, that's harder for us to measure in the lab. But I yeah. suppose that's true. But like, you know, your solar paint idea, easy yeah. to apply, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so as long as one of the metrics that you use is forced out of error, then we're all good. Well, I mean, that is interesting, though, because you do have some areas of science where people attack something from a completely different angle, and they don't end up with, say, for example, the efficiencies that you can get. But the idea is that this has potential. Mm, The novelty. The novelty factor. So it may not reach the sort of percentages that sol- you know, silicon solar cells, but yeah. it might be a, 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 a type of solar cell that in the future could could be, you know, it's more green or something like that, doesn't mm. require... Recyclable. Recyclable or something like yeah. that, you know. So there are other ways. Yeah, so I mean, my better, uh, there's a, Encompasses there's a big, that. big umbrella there for what's, okay. what's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not sexy though. No, no mo- the vast majority of science isn't sexy. <laughs> but I like, you know, the the people always say the best invention since sliced bread. Yep. Yep. Sliced bread is only a little bit better than regular bread. bread like just a loaf of yeah. bread. Yeah. I cut my I cut I cut a loaf of bread the other day. It's not that big a deal. 
<laughs> well done, Gibbo. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. So, I mean, that's just you're a little bit right. better. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's just PR after that, isn't it? It is. I mean, it is. you're right. I did cut my own bread the other day, but I would still... <laughs> We're not right. You said it. <laughs> I am right. But no, no. I would still prefer sliced bread. Yeah, because it's still, a little bit better. Yeah, it's it a is bit. a little bit bread. As I was cutting it, Fair I was enough. thinking, I'm not really cutting this all that well. It's okay, but I would prefer sliced bread. So I got, an ex- I got another example of how things are just... I don't think it's really easy to really perceive these things that are getting a little bit better. Right. So I kind of quickly talked about the GPS mm. before, how that's that's really gotten better every year, like yeah. as long as I've been alive for. And, I mean, Chris, you as well, probably. I, mean, I didn't remember, know the GPS I mean, didn't exist when I was a kid. It would have. No, I wasn't it's aware a really of it, I guess. shit expensive yeah. version. <laughs> uh, and so another one is just batteries. So mm. our phones have gone from like green and black screen phones, which would last maybe a year. Mm-hmm. Like the charge would be okay, but your phone's not really doing anything apart from waiting for a phone call. Mm-hmm. And now we're pretty much walking around with computer, television, yeah. phone, music player, and that's lasting for an hour and it's lighter yeah. than those old phones as well. So, I mean, I mean, they're just getting, the batteries are just getting better. This hasn't been a revolution in how that's how they're done, they're just getting like a little bit better every single time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Com- computing would fit that model pretty well as well, wouldn't it? I mean, computers have changed massively even mm. in thirty years from when I was a kid. Yeah, and they're I think m- I mean they're much much smaller and much much more powerful. Yeah, than they but were. they're still pretty much operating on the same principle, same they're technology. Just, they're yeah. just getting better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm not sure. Like, what was the last revolution in science? Well, in my field, or I guess in our field, if, but uh, perovskite solar cell, like that was a bit of a jump outside of error. Everyone was working towards like, oh, let's do this and let's try these other like polymers and everyone was working on it for ages and ages and ages. Yeah, and they're getting like, uh, say, 6% efficiency Max. or something. Yeah, that's yeah, that's in right. Solar, yeah. In a solar cell. So they, they were getting this, so it was a certain type of solar cell and they're making it and it's 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 good, but it's not great. And people were really trying kind of new ways and every so often they'd get that extra little bit of energy out. Wow. Yeah. And all of a sudden someone just went, I'm going to put this inorganic thing in, boom, I've got a proscite solar cell and already without optimization, I've already got better than this other thing. And mm. for that Thousands field, that people have been working on for years. Yeah. And uh, my friend in CSIRO, which is the government research ag- agency, um, they shifted all of their efforts then away from on the on the initial polymer-based systems yeah. uh-huh. to perovskite, and so that to me is 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 really a, a big leap. You know, yeah. it really is. Is, is that it, why everyone's it, sort of so excited about perovskite? Yeah, but it, it's it's hitting the same wall that the other one did, okay. which is there was a big jump because it's a new system, it's a new idea, and now. We've seen the big increase in efficiency, and now we're just getting—we're just pushing the last little incremental bits of energy out, and we're going to reach a theoretical limit. I mean, what about what about material science in two D materials, for example? I mean, what revolutions oh, do we encounter? Fucking <laughs> graphene! If I read another fucking <laughs> graphene will change the world thing, I'm going to puke. Well, it used to be nanotubes. I mean, mm. one thing people may not realize: science science does have fads. But even with, even with those things, like they've made. We're real world things a little bit better. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't. Like I'm not stronger them steel and a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving either of those things as revolutionary. Right. Okay. 
Um, what has been really re- what about biology? What's been revolutionary in biology? <gasps> CRISPR. Gene CRISPR. gene editing. I don't know enough about that. Yeah. Me neither. No, neither do I. I thought it was some dating app. <laughs> <laughs> For Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> and we can all agree hoverboards. That's what everyone fucking loves. Yeah. Like that's that's the revolution people want, want as like yeah. the sign of a revolution. Like yeah. where's my hoverboard? Where's my space lasers? You know, where's my laser guns? That I can shoot people. Why can I shoot people, Chris? <laughs> it's getting here. So just just wait. Just wait. Just wait, you motherfucking Well, I, I think probably the, the big changes might come in things like artificial intelligence. So when there's massive breakthroughs in that, that'll have a huge feedback on everything. So once you've got smarter and smarter machines, they're going to feed into every other kind of research. Mm. Yeah. And but being like getting smarter and smarter, like that's incremental improvements. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Until they, they download <laughs> Chris's. That's right. Gibbo clones, Gibbo robots. Yeah. 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 There might be another revolution coming. But I don't There's know a challenge. There There's a challenge for our listeners. Tell us what has really revolutionized science in the last 20 or 30 years. Non-incremental revolutions. Progress. Yeah. Progress. Progress. That's what we want. What I'd like us oh. all to do yep. to answer this okay. is I want you to go out and you use your fancy mics or just your phone and record people answering this question. What does scientific progress mean to you? This is what the public thinks. This is what they actually this think. This is what they actually think. How does science progress? I'm here with my wife, Lauren Shearer. Lauren, what does scientific progress mean to you? I don't really know. I think we have, the world in general has progress in regards to the way we live, technology, the way we get rid of waste in the way mm-hmm. we but um i also i work in a medical field so I've, there's progress in research with medications and the way we treat conditions which i think is scientific progress okay and so you're a physiotherapist yes scientists use the number of papers or their h index to determine how good they are yeah how do you know how good you are by how my patients tell me how good I am. Okay. By how I feel. Yeah. It's all mostly anecdotal. Do you get them to fill in surveys to say how good you are? No, I don't. But we some therapy programs use surveys to show that they're being effective, yes. Okay. And Teabag Gibson has started calling me Schmoopy. How does that make you feel? It's an awful name and I'll never call you Schmoopy. But he's more than welcome to call you Schmoopy if he, wish, if he wishes. Okay. Here I am, I'm going to ask my beautiful darling son, Keelan Thomas Gerald Gibson, some questions. I got it. I got it. Say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Keelan. Okay. Now, why does Daddy go to work? Because to buy my, to buy treats. To buy treats. What kind of treats do you like? What's your favourite? I don't want to do it anymore. You don't want to do it anymore? You're sick of this? All right. You tell tell Andy, say, Andy, my dad is the best. Andy, my dad is best. And tell Cameron, say, say, Schmoopy, daddy's the best. Say, Schmoopy, daddy's the best. All right. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Okay. I am here today. 
to ask some questions of my darling, beautiful daughter, Shauna Gibson. Shauna is seven years old. Her name, sorry, I've just been corrected. Her name is Shauna Kelly Gibson. <laughs> and these are the I'm questions. I'm seven years old! She's seven years old. <laughs> okay, so what is Daddy's job? A scientist. What does a scientist like Daddy do? Figure out bacteria in a microscope, like cantilevers, and carpet anatubes. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so here we are today with Dr. Daryl Jones, a.k.a. Heavy D. Now, Heavy D is actually a rapper from the mid to late 90s, and the only thing they have in common is that Daryl's first name starts with the letter D, so that's why he's called Heavy D. Anyway, Dr. Daryl Jones has research interests in electron collisions with atoms, molecules, and free radicals that have applications in medical, radiation-based therapies, and technology-based fields, plasma processing. Now, uh, Daryl got his uh, PhD in 2008 at Flinders Uni, and he was also awarded an ARC Discovery Early Career Researcher Award, or a DECRA, from 2012 to 2015. He has 47 papers on Scopus, 318 citations, and a H-index of 10. I won't remind listeners about my credentials in that field, but it's 61 papers, 1188 citations, and a H-index of 19. Just thought I'd mention. <laughs> Even though I said you wouldn't. <laughs> Even though I said I wouldn't. <laughs> now, and Daryl, the question I have for you is, what does scientific progress mean to you? So, I think science is always progressing in being a very incremental process. And so I feel like as scientists, we're always improving techniques and always progressing the, our understanding of the world we live in. So that's what scientific progress is for me. Mm -hmm. And what about scientific progress for the greater world? How do you think they gauge progress in science? Um, I feel like people don't understand how long the scientific progress takes. So basically I feel like people doing research, it takes a long time for that research to translate into innovations which people see in everyday society. So it takes a while for breakthroughs to occur. And so generally when things are published, it's normally on the back of five years of research. But then there's also probably another five to 10 years and then translating that research into innovations and technologies which people can actually use. And so I sometimes feel like the media plays a bit of a role in this. So they tend to latch onto stories probably a little earlier than they should. And that sometimes gives the public the perception that massive breakthroughs are going to are imminent and going to be on the shelves or in the or in the drugstore pretty pretty soon. Is that fair to say you think? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of hype in media about science and it's very difficult as scientists in conveying what we do to the general population mm -hmm. because 
people don't understand the incremental nature of the science. Mm. And it's very rare to have these massive leaps forward, which sort of revolutionize mm. our lives. The follow-up question, easily the most important question, much better than that question that Andy came up with. How much better at science am I compared to Baldy Andy and Schmoopy Shearer? How much better am I, Daryl, than those two jokers? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> it's tough to it's tough to quantify how much, isn't it, really? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> this isn't going the way I planned, Daryl. No. I don't think it was ever going to go the way you planned, Chris. <laughs> Dr. Daryl Jones, a.k.a. Heavy D, thank you very much for your uh, your input. Uh, PPOP or PPOP appreciates it. Thank you. No worries. Hello, it's me, Shauna, and I'm with... T-Bone. That means Daddy Chris, Deborah Gibson, and we're going to... Um, ask Daddy Chris some questions. Why do I go to school? That's a great question. Shauna goes to school to learn all about numbers and maths and science and um, how to make friends and have fun and play sport. The next question. When do I go to high school? So you won't go to high school... For, I think, another six years. Another six years. Do you hear that, everybody? Not for a long time. How yet. many teeth do people have in their mouths? Uh, I think it's approximately uh, 38. Hi, it's me, Shauna, and I'm doing another interview with my daddy. He's the best ever. And Shmoopy, I'm sorry to say this, but I still like the name. I only like the name. I like Shmoopy because it's like the Shmoopy movie. The peanut movie, peanut movie. And I'm sorry to say this, but Daddy's my best dad ever. Uh, another question. Why does Daddy go to work? So he can earn us money because we're... Um, to earn us treats and presents. And the treats are for movies sometimes. And yesterday we ate a chocolate cake for Mother's Day. Yeah, that's right. Can you now? <laughs> we, can, we can finish that off later. Um, all right. So Shauna had a question. She wanted to know, this was a question for her amazing father, Daddy Chris a.k.a. T-Bone, it was, what were sharks like in the dinosaur times? Well, I have a vast knowledge of so many things, and I actually do know the answer to this. Sharks uh, back then were pretty well the same, but there was a uh, one shark called a megalodon, which was much, much larger than any shark today. It was even, it was, it could eat whales in one mouthful. That's how big it was. Could you um, put this picture up so Andy and um, Schmoopy could see? Okay, I will put this picture up. I'll give it to Andy so uh, uh, Baldy Andy and Schmoopy can see it. All right, that's it from Daddy Chris, a.k.a. T-Bone. A.k.a. Sean, Sean. (laughs) 
from me, Shauna. From, from Shauna the Great and from Keelan the Keelan. Tired and Cranky. Say hello, Keelan. Hello, my world. That's what he said. Our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. And today, the Science This topic is from the forum from Lecky. Oh, El Groover. El Groover, Lecky Groover, my Alex nephew. L. The awesome Lecky Groover. The topic is politics. Oh, that's not our normal realm. Oh, how dare we? Yeah, yeah. We got, I think. I think the science this, and I think the topic is is a little tough this week, but we can, do it. we can do it. We can do yeah. it. We can do it. And uh, of course, the topic's already happened as you're listening. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's interesting. It's been done. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. That's right. Good. I'm, All right. Woo. <laughs> listeners. <laughs> okay. I'll go. So. Do it. All right. You're going to science politics. Politics. Now, one thing that annoys me is mm-hmm. that politicians yeah. Yeah. are just rich bastards. Mm-hmm. They're rich people and they can manipulate the politics to make themselves richer. You know, and that's that's annoying. That's that's I want your average Joe blog mm-hmm. to be in power. I want them to have a little bit of a, a proper say in what goes on. Johnny Punch Clock. John, John, Eddie Sixpack. This is who you want. This to is who I want. This is exactly who I want. Okay. Bring it on. Bring Find it their on. address. So, you're so this is how we select politicians. All right. Ooh. We don't campaign. Campaigns based on money. Yep. We don't want that. No. So what I'm doing is I want to select people at random, but I don't want to use a number-based random. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get however many politicians we need to run the country. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the equivalent amount of drones. And I'm going to send those drones off all around the country. Okay. So you mean like the small the helicopter small helicopter things, things okay. yep. Not a robot army? No. Not a, well, a robot army of drones? Yeah. Yeah. You're not meaning like the drones that, you know, some countries are using, using to, drop to bomb. bombs on other countries. No, this is just little re- little remote control drones. Yeah, the fun that, the fun little pervy things that you the can pervy fly things. over your backyard. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And so what I'm doing is I'm shipping these all off all over the country to random points. And the first person they see, they capture in a net. They fire, (laughs) they fire a net, (laughs) and they capture them, Uh right? Because some people won't want to follow a drone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like the net is necessary. Is necessary because they may not want to be a politician, but that's no, that's no longer their choice. Uh Okay. I need their. I I need people that really don't want to be politicians. That's the best type of public servant. That's the best. So. Power doesn't corrupt absolutely. Power attracts the corruptible. Yes. There you go. That's pretty Ooh. good. You're deep, Give you a book tea bag. Yeah, you I got a book. I got that out of the book, Dune. I can't take credit for that. Anyway, <laughs> go. I'm going out and capturing people, and the drones are powerful enough, don't ask questions, <laughs> to lift these people up <laughs> uh-huh. and drag them back. So don't ask the one science question no, in this part. That's right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're at a stage now where drones are. Powerful enough to lift human people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, powerful, powerful rudders. Yeah, powerful rudders. Nice yep. big battery, efficient yep. battery, whatever. Perfect. Yep. yep. Picks them up, brings them to Canberra. If we're in, if we're on Australia, right. we'll, we'll use right. that as an example. Yep. And that's it. And now they now they run the country. Okay. Well, but these people are going to be encouraged to change their mind. 
Mm. Right. One thing I don't like about politicians is the party lines. Okay. It's like, I, if I'm with this party, I like this. And no matter what the evidence says or whatever anyone else says to me, I'm going to uh, just follow the, the toe the party line, right? Yep. Uh-huh. yep. So the people that I drag in are going to have a very mild lobotomy. <laughs> yeah. Is this just enough. <laughs> within the net? Yes, there's going to be a small, like in the drone, there's going to be a literally sharp like thing that comes out, yeah. goes into the skull, like sharp drills. Thing. Sounds yeah. like a knife or a... Yeah. yeah, or a little like little So they get lobo- lobotomized. Only a little bit. Like they take away a little bit they of get, that. They get the small lobotomy mid-flight. Mid-drone mid drone flight. Mid-drone flight, yeah. yeah. Well, it'll probably be a long flight. be really long, Potentially, yeah. yeah. The drone yeah. would have to yeah. keep on I mean, stopping off to be recharged. <laughs> Canberra is a long <laughs> Canberra is a long distance from a lot of places yeah, in Australia. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to point ho- point holes in your uh, in your story. Keep going. Yeah. Andy, All keep right. Going. So I, our let, our netted people they're in Canberra. They've got lobotomies. They've got a uh, little, sorry, small ones, small yeah, lobotomies. Yeah. So you're, not, just, you're not being crazy. No, no, I'm not being crazy. We're just getting rid of some of the ego that okay. could stop them from changing their minds. Right. And when a, when they change their mind on a policy based on evidence, we applaud them. Oh. That's what uh-huh. that's what we're doing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is work out a policy and implement it in one suburb. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's say that we want people to, less people to smoke. Yep. All these people with their lobotomies, little lobotomies, are going to get together and say, "Well, how do we make these people not smoke?" Mm-hmm. And they're going to come up with some rules and some systems, and then they're going to just do it in that one suburb. All right, as a trial, as a trial, yeah. as a test, as a test, and if it works, then they'll slowly roll it out. But if it doesn't work, no worries. In the light of evidence, they can change their mind. They can yep. say they're wrong. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. That, that's that's what we're doing. Yep. And they'll do that with different things until we um, produce a utopian world. Uh, okay. And where... you're sure that will be the outcome? Yeah, but each each person. <laughs> so also. The, the way that these people are no longer politicians, because remember, we've captured them, we've brought them to, is that they have to escape a compound that I'm building. Wow. What? Yeah. So I'm bringing all the politicians into a compound. Yeah. It's like a jail. So this is a life term unless they escape unless they the escape. compound. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. So, so this is... Or die. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so that okay, that's the other one. Yeah, and then when one dies, a drone goes out and just grabs yeah. someone random. So that person's exact drone. Yep, exactly. Yep, yep. <laughs> you, you, I'm pleased you're following along. Mini lobotomy happens yep. mid mid flight. Yep, yep, mid flight, and boom, they're replaced, and that's Very it. Good. And that's how I uh, science politics. Yeah. What okay, a horrifying vision of the future. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been in a group of say? Five and you try to work out what to have for dinner when you're yeah like without, out and about. without a plan yeah. yeah it's really hard isn't it's really it? hard yeah but so give we- everyone a little bit of a lobotomy <laughs> all becomes easy you have a van as a car I do you're between jobs at the moment I am <laughs> are hey you I'm thinking, freelancing are you thinking of making a mobile lobotomy <laughs> service. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you you could trial your utopia yourself. Yeah, guys. Yeah. I mean, on Peepop, I've brought the I've brought the gear with me tonight. Oh, he's got a hammer, little lobotomy. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a, a hammer and a metal stake. <laughs> Dear me, what's going to happen, uh, listeners? 
vote on whether each of our descriptions of politics would result in a utopia or a dystopia. Let yeah. us know what you think. Good. Andy, I would vote dystopia for you. Anyway. <laughs> AndyMatter.net AndyMatter.net Let us know Or Facebook Alright, so what I'm looking at for to science politics is more I'm looking at the election Because that kind of dominates the news cycle And that's kind of when politics is really up in my face And when I care about it And politicians are up in your face Yeah Door knocking Well, (gasps) so I'm thinking how would science do an election? Yeah and so I'm thinking that an election should be more like the grant proposal system. Oh, where okay. we have a double blind peer review. Mm-hmm. So instead of having, say, television ads, big public speech- speeches where they're really putting in a lot of emotional bias yep. and other type of bias like a gender bias, um, like looks being important, just their name and the way they speak being important. All that really matters is the cold hard facts, yeah, and the logic behind what they're actually gonna do. Yeah, mm. and I, I don't like care. It. Yeah, I don't care what they look like. I don't care if they trick me into thinking this by saying about babies or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, not, they're not hitting buzz buzzwords, mm. keywords. They're not kissing babies. Yeah, um, shaking hands, using yep. inspirational whatever. music. Inspirational music. They're not sitting on an airplane looking regal. <laughs> yeah, that's a popular yeah. one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, all right, so. Two weeks before the election, yep. their their um, proposal is due. Mm-hmm. And so they send out and it's available for all residents to read. And so they have a maximum of eight pages where they can uh, pretty much write down what they're going to do for you or for the country. So say like for my electorate, they would say what you're going to do for the electorate and f- and what you're going what they're going to do for the country. Say if there's, we're still following a party type. Are system. they allowed to put photos of themselves on there? Eight pages. So if they want to use those eight pages for photos, mm. they can. Mm. I would say I'm I'm going to lean towards it's frowned upon. Yeah, I, sure. I would say yeah. Going back to your bias idea, I don't think yeah. photos should be allowed. Yeah, just cold hard text, or maybe Black recording with a really I mean, monotone I like, voice. I like figures. Yeah. Yeah, no some graphs. No recordings. No recordings. Because you can, if someone's got a real deep voice, you're like, oh, they're, Ooh, they're tough. They can, yeah, they yeah. can protect me. So we have that review system. So they put in out in their eight page grant, and then just just on that. Yeah. Uh, and so within that, they kind of they have a uh, some kind of timeline about what they're actually going to do within the three years, four years, depending mm-hmm. on whatever system it is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they will also have their proposed budget mm-hmm. for how that's possible because mm-hmm. then we're really getting these indicators of whether a politician is actually doing what they said they would do or not because it would be in front of us in their yeah. grant proposal hey by you know year one and a half you were going to have this yep. flat tax rate yep. that uh, Stephen Hawking was just talking yep. about and a, and a justification for the budget like you have to do in a in a grant exactly yep yep, yep. Cameron this is this is starting to sound good yeah yeah there's actually science in this potentially and so the only thing that is really missing is the thing in grants about the personal description where yep. where we as scientists, we then mm. brag, like we have our metrics. Yeah, like yep. I'm the best because I've got papers. Yeah, all of these papers. And, and yep. so I was trying to think today, like what metric does a politician have for how good they are <gasps> at their job? Truths versus lies. Yeah, but then that's pretty gaming 
when you just yeah. like go out there and just tell a whole like you just scattergun truths yeah to get, to get your you've stats got great up. hair <laughs> <laughs> truth ding <laughs> what is a successful outcome for a politician project started projects finished I don't know yeah that would be good I yeah. don't really know but you're on it Gibbo or like say if if they vote yes for a legislation three years later that's peer reviewed and people say. Good idea. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Bad idea. And yeah. then they kind of get scores based on how good yeah, yeah, the legislation work. they've passed are. Mm. But that'll be hard for a brand new politician then. But then, I don't, how do politicians That's the start? way. That's the way. Yeah. But, but <laughs> no, no, no. That's the way it is in academia. Yeah. You just kind <laughs> of. Like, you're an ECR. You're an early career researcher yeah. or an early career politician. Fight with the big fish. ECP. Yeah. And you're in so trouble. So they'll be like, I was on the staff for. This politician who passed all these great legislations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. The only the only metric I could think of was pretty much how much money they bring in from corporations. Oh, that's that's uh, that could be a scary not, that's metric. That's not a good thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then you've got corporate interests determining how our country's governed. That could be scary. But Cameron, overall, what a fantastic uh, series of of rules and regulations. Yes. Yeah. You want to bring it in? Yep, it's in. All right, good. Official P-pop yep. That's stamp of approval. Yeah, so when we start our party, we're going to stand upon a ground of fact-based elections. Boom. There we go. Cameron, love it. Andy? Good job. Would You're it welcome. result in utopia or dystopia? I, th- I think this one would result in no-topia. <gasps> There'd be no feelings. It would be post-topia. It would be, yeah, that's right, yeah. I love it. Everyone would just be bland. <laughs> How's it going? Fine. Adequate. How's life? Adequate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely well. <laughs> my food and my shelter are adequate. Yeah. yeah. What else can I complain about? <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. So here we go. Oh, what oh, a dream. Yeah. How <laughs> was sex? If only, okay. if only science could rule the world. <laughs> anyway. All right, Gibbo, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have an equally grounded science this of course, as I do uh, every podcast, I'm going to inject this with a huge amount of critical thinking. All right, good. And realistic thinking as well. Good. So, uh, I didn't really focus on your standard politics. I focused on academic politics. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. give And there's an interesting expression or saying that I remember hearing way back in the mid-90s when you were both children and I was way a man. Back. You heard this regularly. Was uh, it? Is it in yet? <laughs> was it where's Gibbo? <laughs> Oi, teabag. <laughs> uh no, it was <laughs> this was the I think this was Henry Kissinger's been um credited with this expression, but I think there's been a bunch of people and the expression is academic politics are so vicious precisely because the stakes are so small. Yes. Mm. You've heard that before? No. I, I believe yeah. you've said it to me a couple of times. Yeah, I've actually well. said it Good a, job. a few times. Um, or academic politics is the most vicious and bitter form of politics because the stakes are so low. And there's something actually called Sayre's Law. Um, Say, f- Sayre's? Sayre. It's a- S-A-Y-R-E. Sayre, okay. Sayre's Ooh, Sayre's it's law. very hard to pronounce. Um, In any dispute, the intensity of feeling is inversely proportional to the value of the issues at stake. Mm. So the pettier the issues, the more vicious the fight. And people really use this expression a lot when it comes to academic politics. What do you guys think of that? Do you think that's kind of true? First of all, yes, academics fight. 
<laughs> is it over insignificant things? I think it's over, I don't know, is it just money? And the biggest thing in academia is um, ego. Yeah. Like I've seen some <clears throat> big wig sort of like professors being like, I'm the fucking best, like doing all this stuff. Ugh. Those are the two things that... I struggle with this a bit because I, I don't want to think that everything we do is that useless. I think, you know, there is obviously some benefit to scientific research and I like to think that what we do, you know, may have some real importance. What we do do. What we do do. But at the same time, it's... <laughs> You know, it can be tough to sort of, if someone walks up to me and says, all right, Gibbo, tell me all about your research and how it affects my life and how it's made the world better. Mm-hmm. Difficult. It's difficult. Difficult. Well, you just use your elevator story from a few That was excellent. Oh, yeah, ago. that's true. Yeah, yeah. cantilevers are important. Thank you. Bridges, yeah. El- elevators. Yeah. yeah, absolutely right. Exactly. Anyway, so I don't know. I, I, I was thinking about that and so... It's an interesting question. I'm like, why are academic politics so vicious? And Tell I'm, us. It, I, it could be that we are a little deep down insecure about that sort of thing. We might be a little insecure about the fact that what we do, how much impact does it have on the world? Mm. And so with insecurity comes fear and anger and loathing. And then we fight over you know, little bits of money and trying to get permanent positions. And so that might, ca- that, yeah, that might cause this kind of impression that the public has is that we live in ivory towers. Yeah. Arguing and, and fighting over really nothing. This is, this is making right. me sad, Gibbo. Yeah. And uh, uh, when, when are you going to start sciencing it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so how are we going to solve this? Yeah, how are we going to solve this public perception of academic politics? Now, I've got a couple of things to say. I mean, uh, I love democracy. Democracy is the cornerstone of a, a a good, just, and free society. No one's ever said you don't like you don't love democracy. That's Actually, right. Actually, that's one of the things people say about you. Have you met Chris Gibson? He loves democracy. Yeah. Thank everyone you. says what? Who? I'm not sure. And then I just say the guy who always talks about democracy, and then yeah. they go, Ah, oh, him. That's it. Gibbo. Teabag. Yeah. I can't even spell totalitarian regime. <laughs> Ask me to spell it. <laughs> spell totalitarian regime. P. No, no. Is there a silent F? No. Yes. So I can't right. even spell it. You were talking about you democracy. Sorry. Uh, anyway, and, and the other thing I want to note is I'm sick of talking about robots and clones yep. and that. That's, yeah. that's we're not, sick of not, hearing you talk yep. about robots no and more. clones. No more. No more. Anyway. It's changed. So how am I going to get rid of all this, uh, all this bullshit around academic politics? No, I love democracy, but what we need is a strong leader. Okay, we do. We yep. need yep. one person, one. man or a woman. Yeah, either. Probably a bloke, because we all know where this is going. And that, <laughs> Whoa! No, you'll, 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 you'll understand in a minute. <laughs> you'll understand in a minute. Oh, they're going to change the order oh, of that one. Oh, Jesus. No, 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 no. This is nothing against women. Nothing against women. Um, so what we, what we need is we need someone... We need a long, long contest. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. and you're going to fail because you've got a little willy. <laughs> it's massive, listeners. Ignore, ignore Andy. Um, no, uh, what we need is someone who's probably in their mid-40s. I reckon a bit of life experience, a bit of life experience, looking a little bit over the over the edge. Yeah, but not too much life experience. Yeah, exactly. Long. Only only life experience in Australia and a little bit in the UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly where I'm. Where I I'm reckon going with this, this person also should have a penis that resembles a <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> 
that, that has had the base cut off. Well, we, we differ there. No, it shouldn't just be mushroom tip. No, I think, no, really. No, I, I really, no, I'm into this now. It should not be mushroom cap. It should be perhaps. Hang on. Whacking I on think, the inner thigh. I think this person should constantly have food on their clothes. I'll agree there. I'll agree there. <laughs> They should have studied at a number of different institutions and at least a couple of countries. Yeah. Probably somewhere like, I don't know, Cambridge maybe. Yep. They should have worked, yep. I reckon. They what should about have Oxford? Uh, that's Ox- that's, Oxford's better than Yeah, Cambridge, I think it's better. It? No, it's not. Not at all. Not at all. Everyone knows that Oxford always comes behind Cambridge. Yep. Ooh, yeah. That sounds dirty. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, a few other things. Yeah. They should have a thick, luxurious mane of hair. I think oh, fuck, I'm out. That is definitely important. That's definitely but and they should have a lot of experimental experience and yet have dabbled their toes in the pool of academia. So they know both sides of okay. the of the research fence. All right. Yeah. So this has been a long run up. Yeah, I I'm you know, could you guys think of anyone who would meet that kind of I criteria? think we're gonna have to put an ad out. <laughs> no, no, I don't think we need to no? go that far. No, but no. Well I See, I was saying about the little willy thing, and you said you, that that's not you, but I think that's very important to me. Just agree that <laughs> just agree that it needs someone with a little willy, and you have a little willy, and I will agree with you. <laughs> All right, that's it. The segment's over. <laughs> Say to me, no, Gibbo. The person's hung, and it's me. <laughs> It's me. Oh, it's you. It's me. I would have never have guessed. I am. You want want to be what? Dictator of. Dictator of science. science. Little dictator of science. Massive dong dictator of science. (laughs) King dong il. (laughs) King dong un. Here we go. So we have to cut through all this academic politics, bestow ultimate power on one person. That is, of course, me. And then that person will instigate a number of innovations to change science. And guess what one of the things they're going to do? All right. They're going to bring in some of the things we talked (gasps) about recently. Like what? The culling of dead wood. Yes. Preach your anal vacuum thing. Yeah. It's in. Yeah, it's in. Of course it is. That was brilliant. My idea is about publishing a number of papers in 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, drinking a yard glass. And And a yard uh, glass of ale and bench pressing your body weight. And whatever Cameron said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you mean the good one? <laughs> yeah. The one that actually made sense. <laughs> that is then spread out through all the universities in Australia. I also decide who gets funded. Good. And then, now not everyone is going to want to do this, right? Not everyone's going to agree. It's a well, totalitarian regime. I, I don't know regime. about that. I think, I think this would be welcome with open arms. All right. Well, I don't care if it is because in the end... I am making a robot, an army of robot gibbos, <laughs> and they have got my consciousness inside them. And underneath them is going to be a ro- uh, an army of genetically engineered gibbos, and underneath them will be an army of matter transported gibbos as well. <laughs> and this massive army of me will rule all of academia, spread throughout the world. We're taking over general politics as well. We conquer the planet. Anyone who gets in our way, we're going to do loads of research on virtual reality and we're going to let you all live your worthless little lives <laughs> in virtual reality space while we live in the real world and conquer the universe. Perfect. Uh, Cameron, utopia or dystopia? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's thinking about this Dystopia. <laughs> I'm going to Andy. say... Gibtopia. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I like it. I like it. I like it.
Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Voicerom. Check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Go yes. buy their CDs and yep. shit. Yep. Do yep. it. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app, like the Facebook page, join in the forum, andymatter.net. Andymatter.net. And one of the most important things I found out is leaving us a review on mm. where you get this podcast. Okay, yeah. A review is very important. Get on iTunes, get on Stitcher, get wherever yeah. you get this and leave us a review. It has to be a good one, by the way. Yeah, we're not asking you <laughs> to leave bad ones or honest ones. Yeah, no just, honest, just good. Five stars. And I think you have to write like a fair few yeah, just like a sentence. Well. Yeah. Listeners, I would take it as a personal favour if you would do that. And I guarantee we'll get a lot of uh, feedback. And Thanks, listeners. Thanks, T-Bag. Cameron, sponsor for the week. You were just listening to Published Perisher Podcast. It was brought to you this week by Sliced Bread. Ooh. A little bit better than bread. Mm. And we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Even Chris, you have a story about Sliced Bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to finish quick. Okay, final farewells. <laughs> Big out from T-Big. Bye, T-Bag. Goodbye, Andrew, and goodbye, T-Bag. Goodbye from me and T-Bag. T-Big. T-Bag. <laughs>